Howdy! <laughs> Welcome to episode 40 of the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. And with me, as always, is the aide-de-camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian. Good afternoon, Jeff. And sitting in with us today, and we couldn't be happier about this, is Harrison Levine's dad, Chris <laughs> Levine. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> One of these days. Hey, didn't you, aren't you, aren't you Harrison Levine's dad? No, that happens now. Yeah, <laughs> that happens now. Um, so uh, uh, special guest appearance uh, uh, with Chris, uh, sitting in with uh, Brian and I, uh, taking a moment off from his own hugely successful uh 7208 podcast available on spotify uh chris what have you been doing oh just we just got through the the the, the winter weather so just kind of re regrouping and you know getting back into some kind of routine again that's right yeah uh because that that would have thrown off your day job absolutely yeah yeah and could have um uh a it could reverberate through the season, I suppose. Yeah, so far so good, though. Okay. So far so good. The thing is, you and I are working stiffs. Brian Grimm, one-man recession fighter. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like, um, uh, it, Brian's like an investment banker or something. I mean, he just, I mean, whatever he touches turns to gold. And <laughs> the fact that right. he won't fly to Texas on his personal jet to to do the show in public i think just has more to do with the pandemic than his uh yeah lack of jet <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd really like to i really like to get that thing finally broken in but they got this pandemic on so yeah i don't know how much a, I, I don't i don't know how much of jeff i can trust with this because one time i told him that I had the Spotify that you paid for. And he said, must be nice. <laughs> you know, what's funny. You know, what's funny, Chris, is that he's used that joke on me no less than 2000 times. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. See, this is why I don't like my friends getting to know each other. I like, to, I like to, I like to compartmentalize like the CIA. I like to be like the director of national intelligence and not let anybody talk with anybody else. Siloed. For me. They, they call that siloed in the business. Oh yeah. From your time in the company. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> you, you were stationed in uh, Westminster, I believe. That's right. <laughs> Colorado, not Abbey. Or Thornton. Some people call it Thornton, but it's really Westminster. <laughs> so uh, uh, Chris is still uh, still in Texas uh, with me. Uh, so you, you're a survivor of the Great Freeze of uh, of 21. Um, I bet uh, I bet you gave a thought or two to uh, leaving Southern California a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I. I... I give I give that a thought a lot. <laughs> it doesn't take a freeze. No, I've never lived there, and it doesn't yeah. take a freeze. <laughs> no, 
for practical purposes where we're we are where we're supposed to be right now yeah uh do you uh do you run into do you guys run into people from california who just talk about what a disaster it is not really not really i i it seems if there's i'm sure there's still an influx of people coming because of the you know the comparison comparative uh economies but yeah but i don't not too much maybe maybe it's because of the pandemic i don't i other than work in essentials i don't leave so i don't really talk to too i haven't talked to too many people outside in a year so yeah that's right yeah i i had a client um last year that um was born and raised in southern california and moved here a couple years ago and just hated colorado Uh, too dry uh uh, too dry the, the temperature swings too much uh, you know, freezing cold one day, 60 degrees the next. Uh-huh. And uh, he just, he's, he couldn't wait to get, get back. And he sold his house last year and moved back to Southern California mm-hmm. him and his wife. Really? Yep. Huh. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, uh, I reconnected. Oh, okay. So one of the things that I've tried to do um, during the pandemic is uh, as I've taken inventory over my life, I've tried to uh, reconnect with um, some people with whom I've had a good relationship, but who I otherwise would never have talked to again, right? So for example, um, I looked up using the the genius of the internet, uh, a woman that I uh, used to work with in um, Portland. And I remember very fondly and uh, one of the last dinners we had before leaving uh, that uh, that uh, wretched besmirchment on God's green earth uh, was with uh, uh, her and her fiance, and they they eventually met and and, and or married. And um, anyway, uh, you know, I just I just called her up. I said, "Hey, uh, you know, not, or I didn't call her up. I, I wrote her a letter." And um, uh, you know, I just said, I, you know, I thank you from time to time and I hope you're doing well. And she sent me a picture of her and her family and my goodness, they have gorgeous kids. Um, her husband, <laughs> her husband was sporting like this, uh, a wool roadster cap, which makes me suspect, uh, male pattern baldness. Um, cause you know, why do you have, why, why, why are you, why, why do you, uh, dress like the heavy in a Guy Ritchie movie, if uh, if you're not hiding something, right? But then, but then when I when you know when I when I had dinner with him in 1999, he had a ponytail, so it's, it's probably better than that now. Anyway, uh, you know, I just I, I've tried to take this opportunity to say, hey, this, you know, you were somebody in my life, and you're great, and it's great to you know I'm just think you know I think of you occasionally and. I hope you're well, you know, on the other hand, this year, you know, and I'm sure you guys have seen those memes. Uh, I hope this email finds you well. And then it's like how the email finds me. And then it's like a picture of like the Poseidon adventure you know, <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, like the burning of Atlanta <laughs> gone with the wind, you know, something like that. I don't know. How does this email find you? 
barely hanging on by a thread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's confusing. It's confusing. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest with you. You know, I wasn't really a social butterfly before this, so that doesn't really affect me. But at the same time, I would like the options, you know, yeah. to be able to do different things. And if we could get like maybe like like five to ten of our friends together safely on a regular basis and still live like this, life would be perfect for me. It would be, <laughs> it would be ideal, you know. Like the option to be able to decline offers for dinner <laughs> or to meet people for coffee. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You don't yeah, you don't want to feel like you have to do a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I I that's that's the hard part is I think is the the degree of monotony is is, is a little bit rough. It's it's at the same time though. I've probably thought about things and delved into things creatively that I probably wouldn't have had I just been on the hamster wheel this whole time. So that's that's a good thing. What are you working on creatively? I mean, um, other than well, there's the seventy-two out, which I which we both really like. Brian and I really like. I and and I feel completely uh, authorized to speak for Brian. <laughs> who's, who's right here and could speak for himself if he only had an opportunity to do so. Well, it's fun. Thank you. I like doing it. It's, 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 it's funny. It's almost like, uh, like as soon as I hit the record button, my kid shuts down. It, it's, it's crazy. Like we, we talk about stuff. He helps, you know, make everything on the, if you guys guess if you want to call it like an outline or whatever the case may be before reactions. Yeah, yeah. He's he he helps with all that. We pride ourselves on prep and here, <laughs> here on managing expectations. And half the time comes up with some great stuff, and then it's then then I'll ask him about it and he just he just won't talk. So it, it is a little tricky, but I think that that's kind of the charm of it, is because you know it it's this ain't leave it to beaver, you know. It's it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, don't, I don't think it was leave it to beaver you know, when it was leave it to beaver <laughs> but uh but it's fun it's fun it's kind of cool to be able to have been able to spend time with him doing this too because it's not like a, a authority based thing it's just kind of hanging out you know which kind hanging of hanging out with dad yeah yeah i can't complain um did you did you intentionally i mean is is just being on spotify is that an intentional thing or is it just uh inertia and objects on one platform tend to stay on one platform no i i kind of it's kind of like what I, I texted you earlier is i kind of like i i like intimacy in this kind of stuff do you know what i mean it's almost like when it grows to the point where people are paying attention in larger numbers and i don't know who they are it kind of affects what i do and like what i say or what i write or whatever the outlet is so i'm starting to think more about them than i am about me you know and what i'm trying to whatever it is i'm trying to do and trying to kind of appease whatever audience i feel exists and then it loses some of its realness you know what I mean? So I like purposely for my, for me, 
I like keeping this kind of stuff small. You know, it's like to, to basically to put it in, in, in basic terms. Yes, I'm on Instagram, but I think maybe 30 people are people who I interact with, maybe 40. So I like it. But, you know, I just, you know, if I don't have 100,000 people liking my picture, I'm, I'm okay. You know, so it's kind of like the same thing with the with the podcast. This, if we have fun doing it or if I have fun doing it, if he's not there um, and five people like it, I'll take it. You know, I'll take it. And that, that works for me. Brian, 30 people following him on Instagram <laughs> must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that we were in, uh, you know, in contact with an influencer. Holy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. What's well, great. What, now, that doesn't mean that I don't turn a, a decent amount of people away. <laughs> yeah, that happens, you know, but. Uh, I yeah. Just, wow. You know, well, send them, send them our way. Okay. Um, that, I, I, I'll tell you. Uh, a funny story with something that's going on here is that uh, Jeff and I, you and I have talked a little bit about uh, Jackson's um, computer business is that he's been building uh, gaming PCs and selling them either on Craigslist or offer up. And, and he sold, you know, he's sold quite a few of them now. Uh, well, you know, 10, 12 or so of them. Um, and it's, it's been a nice little business, but it comes with its challenges. People don't show up and then they, beat you down on price after they agree to something or, or they, you know, doesn't do what they expected it to. And so he's trying to grow this business, but he's also trying to learn from the market as well. And so he, um, he got on TikTok and he, he recorded a, uh, a video about, um, about the price of, of graphics cards, which because of the pandemic has, has gone crazy and there's a shortage and all this other stuff, but he recorded a video about it and he has something like 60,000 views, wow. uh, 20,000 likes, um, and like 10,000 comments on it. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And so he records another one and it gets a hundred views and five comments. And it, he says, it's just so funny what one thing will, will, will catch on. And then another video, which is the same quality, the same production value, um, same le- level of information, just a slightly different topic. And it, does, it doesn't quite catch on. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of a, a wild thing with how people are interacting with, with media these days. Yeah. The world's changing and I don't believe that I can be expected to be happy about it at my age. Um, I, you know, and, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily want to be canceled or deplatformed or anything like that, but I don't, I don't think Certainly we have not. such a scandalous show that we're in danger of that. Um, on the other hand, we have absolutely zero juice. So if somebody, if they, if they come for us, they get us, you know, they're taking the embassy, you know, um, uh, I, I just, um, yeah, I, I, being big, it would have challenges. I, I grant you, but you've, you've gotten closer to big than I have. Um, 
I don't know. I, I you seem so level um, that you know you just okay. So like when when somebody tells me uh, you be you, that's terrible advice, and you guys know that. Not not I don't agree with that. Well, I come on, no, I can I be. Seriously, I, no. I seriously don't agree with that. I mean, there there there's more than one you. There's more than one all of us. We all oh, have well. to ourselves, you know. And I think that part of 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 you know i can complain it's not like it's not in me i've got it. it i've got things that drive me crazy too i just i just pick and choose when i voice them you know what i mean, oh, you, mean you exercise reasonable judgment and self-control like a grown-up well i should try some of that extent that i can yeah to the extent that i can you know but when push comes to shove you 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 got it covered you got it covered well, anyway, anyway, um, I, I just I think that you put out great, fun content. I mean, it's not it's it's cool without being controversial, whereas, you know, I'm either, you know, on the uh, on some sort of existential precipice or, you know, I'm mad about something. So, so this is informative. Chris sends Brian and I a text uh, a few days ago saying, hey, hey guys, I'd really like your input uh, about uh, the 7208. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd really appreciate your honest feedback. Brian, as is his want, uh, gives like really high energy, positive, uh, constructive criticism mine is like i'm so depressed I, it's so horrible it's 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 all black and cold it's it's a howling wilderness <laughs> oh wait what was the question yeah podcast it's it's a it's a the barriers of entry are negligible and you should totally go for it i'm sorry what what, what were you asking that's funny that's not funny. really no, not not. <laughs> our, our 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 thirteen listeners beg to differ. Um, um, uh, so this is as good a time of any to uh, remind everyone that uh, managing expectations is brought to you by MrsWinger.com, the uh, uh, the bespoke. <laughs> the, the uh, maker of fine face coverings, masks for these pandemic times. Um, they are stylish, effective, and um, comfortable. Uh, man, people cannot get over how comfortable they are. There are two layers of uh, uh, protection with a pocket, inner pocket that you can put another uh, filter. Um, come in lots of great designs and uh, you know, fabric choices and colors and, you know, ladies can match your tops and whatnot, you know, for, for your notions and buttons and such. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, th there are manly selections as well. There's something for everyone. So go to mrswinger.com and um, uh, buy some masks. Uh, additionally, uh, uh, please remember our friend uh, uh, Ray at All in a Dream Comics and Books in Denver, Colorado. He can be reached at 303-333-8616. 
a better selection of comics and graphic novels you won't find anywhere. You may even have a bobblehead or two. I don't know. It's been a while. Um, and of course, the 7208 podcast, but we've already uh, uh, talked about that. And, uh, you know, you don't pay us anything. We just oh. we are just legitimately fans of the show. Well, thank you. By the way, that, that's mutual. That's mutual. I, I, I listen to your show all the time, too. And, I, you know, the, uh, the, the various people that you've had on recently with the book club and all that, I've, I've enjoyed that, too. I've enjoyed that. It's a nice mix. Don't you wish Brian had been there for the book club episode? <laughs> <laughs> I was there. And, uh, and I thought that my uh, level-headed sensibility to uh, stay in the shadows and only add very, very... <laughs> he was Homer Simpson disappearing into the bushes. <laughs> Those are some, a couple of sharp gals we had on. <laughs> uh, we've been reading, uh, in the next episode or two, we're going to get the gang back together again and talk about Rex Stout's Fair de Lance. Uh, the first of his Nero Wolf, Archie Goodwin adventures, mysteries adventures. So, uh, uh, Brian, have you finished your book yet? Mm -mm. Yeah, I may need another week myself. It's well, a good it's... book, though. It's a good book. It was written in like 33. Okay, so it's like wholesome, but kind of tough guy, right? So there's like a lot of snappy patter you know, like from the 30s. So, uh, for example, uh, there, he's in a rough neighborhood. It's an Italian neighborhood, and he's a flatfoot. That's what they used to call a cop. And uh, the cops, he asked the cop a question. The cop says something like, uh, like, uh, all I know is I'm, st I'm standing right here. <laughs> the only, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Uh, I'll have better notes when we actually talk about it, but uh, there was like a lot of, oh, <laughs> there was, no, no, there's, there's a lot of, uh, so it's like um, uh, some of the better, like the Coen brothers obviously love that sort of old tough guy patter, right? Um, there was a crack about, what am I, the Chinese army? Like something like that. That I got to look look up because I don't know. For all I know, the ninety years down the road, the Chinese army is more formidable than it was in uh, the thirties. Yeah, it's likely. Well, they've got missiles. Yeah. So, um, so my mother, Mrs. Uh, mother Winger, had been visiting, uh, as as I believe the two of you know, and. Um, like many women who can't figure out the television system, uh, she just pushes. <laughs> Wait, you, easy, you it would... easy. Take it easy. Not all women. <laughs> many. Some. When they can't figure out the TV, they just push buttons until it comes completely off the rails. <laughs> now tell me that's never happened in your home. It's happened, but I was the one doing it. <laughs> you know. Uh, Brian. Yeah, it's happened. <laughs> okay. So Mother Winger uh, accidentally uh, 
rents from uh, iTunes, uh, Tom Hanks' uh, new movie, News of the World. And we'd had it in the queue for a couple of weeks before I figured out what was going on. So um, uh, we finally took the time because, okay, because it's a new movie, right? It ordinarily would have been in the theater. So it was like a $20 rental. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Mom can't make a mistake for something for $4.99. Really? <laughs> so, so anyway, I, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. It was uh, Tom Hanks plays this uh, Civil War veteran who's making his way in the uh, uh, world of the Reformation in, in Texas, uh, showing up and giving dignified readings from newspapers. So he's delivering the news of the world. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a showbiz thing where he's, you know, for a dime, you know, people come and, and, and they, they get the news and um, he uh, finds, he comes across uh, a young uh, German girl whose parents and siblings had been killed by command, no, by the Kiowa. So she was raised by the Kiowa, uh, tri a Kiowa tribe. And so she like spoke that language and they, they have to like learn to communicate. Anyway, the, uh, the, the system such as it was, which was essentially the, the cavalry, the, the army, the federal army, um, just as like, yeah, we can't take care of her. So, you know, they're, he, he tries to get her taken care of a couple of different ways. And, um, you know, the adventure and the, thereby hang the, 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 adventure unfolds and thereby hangs the tail as he tries to get her back to her uh surviving family and uh it had elements of like true grit um just in the sense that there's a there's a you know an, an older um you know soldier type i mean obviously he wasn't over the top like john wayne and it wasn't as dark as the Coen Brothers remake of of True Grit, um, but it was it had some dark. I mean, it, it wasn't a dark movie, but there was some legitimate adventure. I thought it was pretty good. I don't think everybody else liked it. I, I did hear one person uh, on a pop culture podcast I listened to uh, pan it and just and just say this is further proof that there's nothing to be released in theaters, even if theaters were open and and so forth are uh, theaters open could you go to a movie right now if you wanted to i don't I, know i think we we just had something in colorado where they'll they're going to open i think this month at 25 percent capacity um but uh going back to news of the world it kind of sounds like water world a little bit um okay well there's not Jeannie Triplehorn, Jean ah. Triplehorn, um, following around. I, I'm a, I'm a Jean Triplehorn fan. Yep. And the next time I have to give my name at a restaurant, I'm going to, I'm going to say <laughs> tri Triplehorn's party of two. I wouldn't do that. I've seen how that can turn out. 
you know when you get stuck on something like something just pops into your head yeah you can't, you can't shake it until you get it off your chest I, i've heard everything that everybody said up to this point but all i could think about is that jeff both you and shaft are both bad mother wingers <laughs> shut your mouth <laughs> I couldn't, I, I, the whole time that's been going off in my head, like a, on repeat, <laughs> and I, I just couldn't stop. I'm no, sorry. I'm thinking about, no, that's going to be my t-shirt. <laughs> it should be. It should be, your, it should be your hip hop name if you ever release an album. Uh, that's Fighter Chromatic is my Wu-Tang uh, name. Oh, yeah, mine is Coronavirus. That's not fun. It's, that's not funny, Chris. With a Z at the end. Virus. <laughs> um, <laughs> like the way uh, I, it seems like I would always see the CD when I worked at the bookstore for like Bones, Thugs, and both, <laughs> both, both had Zs in them. You, can, can, you know, I knew one of those. Bones, Thugs. You know that? You did? I actually, I actually knew one of those people. One of From the LA? One, he, one of the is he a straight out of Compton guy? He is. He is. His name is his real name was Anthony, but he's crazy bone in that group. So small. Well, what was the name of the group? Bone Thugs and Harmony. Wait, were there commas like blood, sweat, and tears? I don't know, but there definitely were some Z's in there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> bone. Comma thugs and harmony. I don't think there were commas. No, no, that seems that that seems <laughs> that's that you lose some street cred if you threw some commas in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems that seems like a pre rock pre yacht rock uh, yes. variation, like <laughs> like bread. Yes, blood, sweat, and blood, sweat, and tears. What like what were what were their hits? Old fashioned love song? No, that was Three Dog Night. See, uh, I was confused those. And I think it's because Three Dog Night is three right? things. Blood, yep. Sweat, and Tears is also three things. It's all very yep. confusing to me. I think Blood, Sweat, and Tears was Spinning Wheel, right? Oh, could be. I think. Pretty sure. Okay. I'm not, you know, okay. I'm not really their biggest fan, but I, I think I have an album or two. <laughs> Ryan just started yawning, <laughs> joining joining our thirteen listeners. I was thinking Earth, Wind, and Fire, but uh, also also three, but way funkier, way funkier. Yeah. Yes. Commo doors, three. <laughs> That's what Harrison and I were just talking about bands like that on the last podcast that we just did. Um, that how do those bands make money? There's like fifty people in those bands. <laughs> you know what I mean? They all have matching outfits. You know, they. It, it, I mean, if you, what I think we said something along the lines of like, if you've got like four trombone players in a band, how are you making any money? You know, I mean, unless uh, yeah, I don't food. think you are. I don't think you are. Um, and and the reason I think that is, uh, so Steve Van Zant, uh, Springsteen's longtime sideman, uh, has his own band, The Disciples of Soul. 
when he's not touring with the E Street Band, he's doing his own thing. He's always doing something. Um, and, but, but I mean, I, I think he's, I mean, so he's acted, uh, he was, he was in the Sopranos. He did Lily Hammer for Netflix for a couple of seasons. Um, he, I think he's a big shot um, on satellite radio because there's little Stevens underground garage and, and that's like his channel. Uh, but I think he's also behind outlaw country and, and, and some others. So, uh, he, he, a, a couple of years ago, I mean, he's put out a couple of albums in the last couple of years, uh, I, not counting 2020, which was the year the world took off. Um, and, and, uh, toured and, and he said that you know you don't take a 14 piece band on the road and expect to make money i mean he's yeah. playing clubs mm -hmm. you yes. know so i so almost I, I i was tempted to go see him but i didn't want to drop you know i mean it was it was not i mean it was it, you know it's it, it's what it costs to go to a concert right and i i didn't want to pay it because even before coronavirus you know i like to know that there's a concert going on that i'm missing but uh <laughs> I, I, I reserve the right to miss it. Yeah. So if you're, if you're like conch shell player number two in the band <laughs> rusted root, you've got to be, you got to diversify a little bit. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I, that's what doomed me uh, as a musician. Um, there were only so many uh, vibra slap players uh, that, that they needed. Um, my friend, Rob Squires, uh, and I, I mean, every time I hear a vibra slap, uh, or he does, we'll send each other a text. Um, um, Crazy Train has a vibra slap. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd have to. I'd have. To. Have you have you seen that? Have you seen that interview that Howard Stern does with Steven Tyler? Um, and Steven Tyler talks about the vibra slap from Sweet Emotion. No. No. He said that uh, um, that that you can hear it break in like the first like ten seconds of the song. That he he hits it and then he hits it again and then and then you can hear it break and you can hear it hit the floor. Uh, it's kind of an interesting interview. Um, it's a little blue, but uh, it's 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 pretty interesting. And he talks about that they they go to record the song and uh, that there's no maracas in in the kit. And so Steven Tyler grabs like two sugar packets and uh, gets a real sensitive mic and then shakes the sugar packets real close to the mic to get that sound. That's what I would have done. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Are we... I'm going to have to listen to that song now and, and yeah, with all that information. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I don't know how many times in my life I've heard Sweet Emotion, right. but I'm not sure I've ever heard a Viper slap in it. Or oh, Marauders. Yeah, it's it's there. All right, I'm not arguing, Chris. Yeah. All right, wait, wait, wait. Hey, hey, the, hey, the, take the, it easy. The maracas are on the outro. <laughs> you can't miss them. You can't miss them. Jeff, as a Vibraslap player, he keeps a uh, a log of all the songs that he's heard in the past 15 years. <laughs> yeah, and once again, darn my lack of preparation. I don't have right in front of me my uh, Vibra Slap record. 
that is uh, log of Viber Slack occurrences. I think there's been more UFO sightings in the last 20 years than there have been uh, uh, use of the Viber Slap in uh, contemporary music. We were talking about about things that have changed in music not that long ago, and and one of the things that came up was no sax solos. They're gone. What happened to the sax solo? You know, whether whether whoa whoa, whoa. With you a say it one more time, Chris Galley. Chris Chris Galley is going to appear. <laughs> and that's Good okay. Day. That's okay. We're not scared. No. I mean. Just hadn't worked out. Uh, Chris is a very fine saxophone player, and um, but um, talking to him about uh, the sax is like uh, talking to a mechanical engineer about the HVA system, HVAC system in the restaurant you're eating in. Um, you know, I don't really need to know down to the pounds per square inch of uh you know uh, why why it's too cold you had me at it it's too cold right you <clears throat> my wife had me at oh i should have brought my sweater <laughs> so what's what's the last most popular song with a, a sax solo in it Oh man! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Is that fair, Chris? Do you listen to contemporary music? Me? Yeah. Um, not regularly. I mean, it's if something catches my ear, I'm not going to run away from it. But nothing's really gripping me. Um, trying to think of, and it's not sampled. You mean like an mm -hmm. actual sax player? Right? Yeah. Right. All right. Um, what, what, can you give me a decade? Uh, early two thousands. Oh wow. Wow. I mean, um, everything's been auto-tuned for 20 years, right? Would it would it be maybe or, like... Uh, or like... I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm thinking out loud. You're good. Would it be like a Bruno Mars type person? Oh, you know what? Nathaniel Ratliff, uh, Colorado's own Nathaniel Ratliff. I just pronounced his name twice in two attempts. <laughs> but... Um, uh, that first album that he did with the Night Sweats uh, had horns. I mean, I don't know they had a sax solo like the 80s, um, yeah. but they had horns and they were great. Mm -hmm. what, what have you got, Ryan? It seems like Katy Perry had Jeff Winger's favorite, uh, Katy Perry. Um, I just like her gifts. <laughs> gifts? gifs <laughs> um it seems like she had a hit that had a, a sax solo in it and when i heard it originally i was like wow that's it's been a while since i've heard that you know yeah. in the middle of a song um let me see if i can look it up yeah this way if his wife comes in and checks his browser and he's got like a bunch of katie perry searches in it he's covered this is all just covered do you remember when she was the Super Bowl halftime show and she had those two sharks on either side of her and, and one of the shark like was off time dancing? <laughs> the, yeah, left shark. I loved that guy. <laughs> that, you was think the it's most, that was the most entertaining Super Bowl thing I've seen in a while. 
it was. I, I'm just talking about the shark. <laughs> I'm not like talking about the actual Super Bowl performance or anything. Just seeing that was really entertaining. I could have done that. <laughs> you could have stuck a shark suit on me, and I could have done that. Yeah. Where That's where funny. where were you during the 2007 uh, Super Bowl, Chris? I mean, do we know that you were yeah, there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do we know it's, that? It's how do we know impossible. that wasn't you? It's not impossible. It's not impossible. I we used to make like little movies with, you know, when when I was when I was in my 20s with friends and stuff like that, and. I always had this idea and I was planning on, I asked Harrison to do it and he's not going to do it, but what, <laughs> which is probably, it's probably cause he's smart, but, but I had a friend of mine and what I was going to do is I was going to, you know how you can like, I was going to have him rent like a, an animal suit, like some kind of like a teddy bear suit or something like that. Mm-hmm. And like put him like in the middle of, uh, Oh Lord, no! Oh, what do they call that? Uh, the, the Universal. Oh, come on, Chris! It's outside Universal Studios. Ah, it's City Walk. Put him in Universal City Walk with like balloons, and just have him just walk through and like hand out balloons to kids, and like people will like have no idea. They won't. Eat. He's not a character, but like people would take pictures with him, and like I'd film the whole thing. You know, like he was some kind of like he was supposed to be there, but he doesn't really work there. He's just some guy walking around. And I thought that would be an, an interesting film, but I never got around to it. And Harrison will not wear the suit. So that doesn't look like it's going to happen. That sounds uh, interesting and fun. Uh, obviously, you definitely want to have your your 13 year old do that uh, rather than do it yourself, because you may you and your wife may want to live in any neighborhood you want even within say right. 500 feet of a school right at some right. point yeah well i was in my 20s at the time so it was kind of a different mentality than, than it would be now you know yeah it's a different world yeah yeah you can't just put on a lion suit and, and go hand out balloons on universal walk you could but you know i i might not be smart I mean, isn't there, isn't that what like the, there's a bunch of guys that do that down in Times Square? Like they get dressed up like superheroes, like, and they're just guys who, yeah, they, they, they do it on Sunset Boulevard too. Yeah. So that guy who dresses up like Iron Man, he's not really Iron, he's not really Iron Man. I know that, Brian, because he doesn't fly there. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, but, but I mean, Disney doesn't try to shut them down. I mean, they're making money as other people's intellectual property. I think that there was a thing that, uh, like, there was a some people who dress up like Elmo from Sesame Street, and like Sesame Street tried to do a cease and desist. I remember reading something about it a few years ago, but uh, I think that they said no. Uh, you know, city of New York said no; they can still do it. Because I don't think anybody really thinks that that's the, the the real Elmo. Fair use. I mean, is it? I don't know. Chris has actually looked into. Okay, so so Chris, you you play on your Instagram page. You like you play um some you play some like old records. Are you still yeah. doing that? No, I I I I don't know. 
I, I, I give up on things. Okay. When they, when, when they, but, but, but I, I got to the point where I think I played something like 750 of them and I, and I was like, okay, I'm good. Okay. You know? But yes. Well, so, so how do you know if a song, okay, okay. So how long could you play a song and how do you know if it's okay or if it's not? Technically, technically 30 seconds is supposed to be yours. You're supposed to have 30 seconds of it. But some companies, for whatever reason, will take it down regardless of that. Um, and it also depends on the artist. I noticed that Warner Brothers takes a lot down for whatever reason. Um, but if it's a little more obscure, they, they don't care. If it's, a, if it's more mainstream, they do. So I, I don't know what the rhyme or reason to it is. But generally, if I could cut it off at 28 seconds, nobody hassles me. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that's the same with movies. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it would be because, because uh, I'm thinking of a podcast that could do uh, the entirety of Hunt for Red October 28 seconds at a time. There you go. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you know who else loves movies about submarines? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's this great commercial uh i don't know uh, if it's, i've uh, seen it we yeah, can't yeah, stop yeah. you from becoming your parents mm -hmm. wow there was there was something that was just i i thought it was hilarious it was like the lady who's like um uh who's got who's got like all the like hobby lobby signs uh i don't know what those are like um yeah, like the live, laugh, love. Type live, stuff. laugh, love. Yeah, that that stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what you call that. Folksy, folksy bromides, in 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 whitewash script. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so so there's there's that one, but then there was something on that very same commercial that's like, ouch. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, you're not. A you don't say howdy. And 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 I swear. Uh, I picked up saying howdy in Denver, Colorado in the seventies. I mean, it was, it was, it was a Western town mm -hmm. and uh, people who visit Denver today probably don't believe it. Uh, Cause it's, you know, it's such a big metropolitan area. So sophisticated. Booming, booming metropolis. Strivers, strivers, just trying to make a buck. I, I believe that. I think that there, there was in the, it would have been before my time, but I remember it still being that case in the 70s and the early 80s as well, is the area of California that I was at, there were ranches and there were people that were very... Simi Valley? Yeah, like there was, there was a Santa Susana area, which is right in, in between the valley and Simi Valley, or San Fernando Valley and Simi Valley, like, and that's... um. Santa Susana? It, it was called the Santa Susana Pass. It was a pass road that went in between the two. And it was all rural and, you know, uh, stagecoaches went through there at some point in early history and things like that. And it was just a big deal. Plus, also, um, I think that right on the other side of that pass from not on the Simi Valley side, but on the Chatsworth side, there was like Roy Rogers Avenue and, and all these, because they all, they lived there, like in the different, there's like a trigger, trigger drive or something like that. Cause that's something like that because they lived, they lived there. So 
I don't know if you've ever heard of like Corriganville or actually the most the most popular one, which is kind of sad that it's the most popular one was Spawn Ranch was there. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So okay. like that's that's where all that's it was very, you know, we I have friends now that are like a little older than me, but are, are in, you know, totally country and have been in California their their whole lives. So I, I could see that, you know, picking up howdy in a place besides Texas. I could see that. Yeah, no, it's a, it, it was a legitimate thing. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, okay, so so for for listeners under the age of one hundred, uh, Trigger was the name of Roy Rogers' horse. And uh, do either of you two know the name of Roy Rogers' dog? No, I was going to say if you said wife, I would have known that, but dog, no. Bullet. Bullet was the name of his dog, nice. uh, at least on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and his wife was Dale Evans. Mm-hmm. Uh, who Somebody had a, a, a hit, didn't they, with uh, Thank Heavens for Dale Evans? It was like, a, I don't know if it was early Dixie Chicks or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, so the Spawn Ranch, which you mentioned, uh, was... Uh, the home of the Manson family before the um, the the murder of Sharon Tate and those others, right? Yeah. But yeah. is it still a thing? I mean, do they still? Shoot? It's no. It's it's an over. It's overgrown, and I don't. I don't think that. I don't. I don't think that it exists like it did. You know, it was a little movie studio kind of place for for a while, and it. it well, the studios would go out and shoot yeah. western scenes there. Right? They still do in the hills there, and in and in that area. This that at one point I lived maybe ten minutes from there. Wow! Um, but but and and you will see a lot of like like little house on the prairie was Simi Valley. Oh yeah, yeah. It just was up in the mountains, at least part of it. You know, so you'll find a lot of a lot of uh, it's close enough to hollywood where they'll use it right um without it being a big you know a, a big uh ordeal to have those kinds of a background far away uh that that's part of was that wasn't that part of the draw for the for the movies uh to go to because the geography the topography of southern california is not only temperate but also relatively varied i mean if you need oh, to yeah. if you need to shoot a mountain movie you can do it in california if you need to do an ocean movie you can do it in california yeah if you need to do snow you can do it in california yeah it's just it's all driving distance you amazing know? yeah uh yeah w- wikipedia says that there was a fire there in the 70s that destroyed most of the buildings right. and then uh then eventually it was incorporated into Santa Susana Pass State Park. Um, uh, so they just kind of absorbed it and there's hiking trails and stuff like that there now. It still could be kind of creepy. I mean, yeah. even though um, guys like Ward Bond and John Wayne probably spent more time there than the Mansons. Um, still. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, so when when Brian was making money and I had to have uh, the 
what we decide to call them. Uh, the uh, mystery solving grannies uh, on on uh, the podcast. They were talking about this Hotel Cecil documentary. Yeah, that didn't seem like something I'd want to watch. I mean, they, they talked about it and I was like, oh, you know, let them talk. But I've since seen trailers for it. And I'm like, mm -mm, nope, not me. I'm not, I ain't watching that. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, there was actually, okay, Saturday Night Live has just not been funny. They need, uh, a couple of the women on the show are, are very funny, but the guys are terrible. And like, even w Weekend Update has gotten really weak. Um, they did, however, have like a, a musical number last week about, <laughs> about, um, women who watch murder shows Jeez. i mean just like streaming murder shows and, and amy poehler had a really funny uh joke i watched the monologue um uh with her and tina fey at the golden globes did you guys watch the golden globes i didn't watch i didn't watch the golden globes at all i i watched like six minutes of their intro amy and tina's intro uh the other day or yesterday um, but that was, that's all. You didn't that watch it all? You bailed on it? I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I got a phone call or something. And so it, uh, it, 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 I like Amy and Tina, but it seemed like they were really kind of struggling. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't as good. Uh, uh, it, it wasn't as, it, it wasn't as funny. Uh, as they had been previously. I, st I still think, I go back um, when Gravity was up for the best picture, uh, Tina, Tina Fey is just brutal on George Clooney. And um, uh, she said that um, Gravity was the movie that pr proved the links that George Clooney would go to to keep from being tethered to a woman his own age. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I don't. I think it was one of those one of those shows where they went through this big long laundry list of all of the humanitarian things that his wife has done. Yeah, like one after the other after the other. He goes, and her husband is winning a lifetime achievement award. Today. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what? What were we talking about before I pivoted to the Golden Globes? Because uh, there was this thing on Saturday Night Live. Yes, a musical yes. number about yes. murders. So, so, so Amy Poehler had had a pretty funny uh, line in her part of the monologue, and she said, um, I, "I think it was okay. I think it was her." Uh, she said um, she doesn't have the time to watch uh, a two-hour movie. Uh, on streaming, but she can find time to watch a one hour television show five times in a row. <laughs> That's kind of relatable. It kind That's of kind is, of right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so M Mrs. Winger and I have been watching WandaVision and um, which is not appropriate for everyone, but you want to always be selective in what you watch and make good decisions. 
Um, <laughs> Thanks, Jeff, for that PSA. <laughs> so it would be like that the more you know uh right that's exactly what came into my my head yeah yeah except it would say for brian's kids <laughs> so mrs wing has got all these questions about the marvel cinematic universe and so i'm so we've kind of been uh doing a uh a retrospective you know trying to like just figure out which of the movies that make sense out of ronan the accuser you know so you gotta go yeah that's that's digging that's a pretty deep dive into the mcu and um uh probably an overall uh, uh, an enormous waste of time um the other thing that i wanted to talk about um so i don't know if you guys have canopy uh this is a uh, uh, it's a free streaming service. It's Canopy with a K, K-A-N-O-P-Y. It's available through my library. So you, with your library card, you can watch five movies a month for free. That's great, great, right? I've never heard of that before. Yeah, and and there are there's there's out of the hundreds of movies available. Uh, there's 10 or 12 that you would actually want to watch. Uh, it's super, super um, woke is I think the word. Um, and so it's, um, and then what's, what, you know, so I, you know, and it's, it's just probably, um, you know, a, a lot of content that, you know, I don't really want to sit and watch with the family however they have a pretty good selection of uh, documentaries including the james baldwin documentary i am not your negro and uh, a friend of mine had just watched it and i'd been meaning to so since my friend had watched it i i uh, said you know i kind of want to watch this and so i watched it and and uh uh, it was it was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It wasn't great, but it was pretty good. James Baldwin was a writer in the 20th century. Um, did a lot of uh, work. Um, he for for civil rights. He actually quit America for a while and went and lived in um, uh, France for. A couple decades and i mean i think he always had a home in france i mean he was successful enough that he could do that i think he died in france um uh, baldwin was brilliant uh he was black he was uh, a proponent of civil rights he um uh, was a sensitive guy who could make you understand the degradations of the black experience in America without necessarily feeling horrible for being white. And, uh, but he was gay. And, and so he was not entirely embraced by the black community who in spite of the occasional uh, standout in the church choir was never entirely comfortable with, um, uh, you know, uh, Gay, gay culture, I guess. So uh, Baldwin never had the the, the st same standing as uh, 
I don't know, Ralph Ellison or um, Richard Wright, um, neither of whom were as prolific. Um, though if you ever get a chance, Ralph Ellison has a book on jazz that's terrific. Uh, Ralph Ellison wrote Invisible Man, okay? And then also he's written essays. And uh, so um, on a whim, and I don't know what it was, but like in the 80s, I read James Baldwin's book, The Fire Next Time, which was contrasting Malcolm X and Elijah Muhammad and uh, the Black nationalists, the, the Black Muslim movement in the States with um, uh, Martin Luther King. And, and you know, I mean, it, it was really smart and thought provoking and it didn't make me hate anybody or want to burn anything down. And, and that, that was really good. And then uh, I read a short story of his called Sonny's Blues. Brian, did, did I talk about Sonny's Blues before? I don't think so. It was about a it was about a guy whose brother was like a ne'er do well, and he had addiction problems, and he like really captured um, the ghetto. But Sonny could play uh, the saxophone, and um, and just Baldwin's writing about the music was outstanding. It was fantastic, and. Um, and it, and it was in, in spite of being so dark and just the way, I don't know, I guess I would say, I, I mean, look, my, um, my images of the gritty city um, come from probably Scorsese movies and Lou Reed songs, okay? Um, but the way he captures that and, and acknowledges that in realistic terms and yet uh, ends the book in such a hopeful manner, just knocked my socks off. So he's just this terrific writer. Anyway, I Am Not Your Negro is, uh, is a documentary that's out there. If you get a chance, it's totally worth it. Um, it's, um, uh, I don't know. It, I mean, Canopy doesn't rate anything because they're above such bourgeois concerns, um, bunch of parlor socialists. Um, and uh, par parlor Bolsheviks. I'm trying to think of what Orwell's term was for, you know, these like upper crust Brits who um, could talk a good game and then have, have the butler pull the, tell the chauffeur to bring the Bentley around. Um, anyway, uh, uh, it, it was probably rated, it, it probably would have been rated PG-13, I suppose. Um, uh, Samuel L. Jackson narrates it. Uh, there's a lot of footage of Baldwin. They don't really, they don't really address his, his homosexuality. They just deal with it, talk to him, uh, deal with his writings on um, civil rights, uh, uh, human rights. Um, uh, they used a lot of footage of him uh, debating William F. Buckley Jr. at the Cambridge Union, uh, some of which is available on YouTube. Um, the Buckley parts are cut, but Buckley doesn't sound good. Um, you know, the, the right was because of a belief in federalism and states' rights and so forth, we're pretty late coming to um, the Civil Rights Party. 
Though it's interesting, uh, there are pictures of uh, the March on Washington with Martin Luther King, I think gave the I, I Have a Dream speech. And um, you, had, uh, you had King, you had um, Sidney Poitier, you had uh, Harry Belafonte, you had James Baldwin, and you also had uh, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston was like a real advocate for civil rights. And I don't know that he ever uh, got away from it, but we tend to um, associate him more with from my cold dead hand. <laughs> yeah. Is, is the Sonny in what you were referring to Sonny Rollins? Uh, no, Sonny was his brother. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Um, I don't know if it was inspired by Sonny Rollins playing and by the way I'm a I'm a Sonny Rollins fan mm -hmm. oh yes I am um uh, I like Sonny Rollins I like uh John Coltrane I like Coleman Hawkins um I'm trying to think which but you know but I I you know honestly I I don't know music the way you do Chris or the way Chris Galley does um I'm just a banger I just know what I like. Anyway, so uh, those are a couple of movies to check out. Uh, I'm reading Fair to Lance by Rex Stout. More on this in a episode or two. You guys reading anything good? Uh, no, that's what I'm working on as well. Yeah, not at the moment. No, mm -mm. it's hard just keeping um, just keeping up with uh, the news and other things to keep uh, our spirits afloat, isn't it? Yep. Uh, there was a, an interesting article um, that I read over the weekend um, about, and, and it, it was so timely for me uh, the tendency for some people to look at their mistakes and to think that they are a complete failure. Um, head shrinkers will talk about catastrophizing or always going to the extreme. The fact is for, I mean, just, just, you know, a, a person might say to themselves, everybody hates me. That's not true. Everybody doesn't hate you. Some people probably do hate you. And you got to be okay with that because you can't change that. Mm -hmm. But not everybody does. And in fact, some people adore you and respect you and, and, and love you. So this article talked about uh, viewing yourself as a complete failure. And, and, and uh, I said, that's right. You're not a complete failure. Even if you feel like it, you're, you're just a normal failure. You're just a regular failure uh, who, who messes up. We all mess up. I mean, and this is like, life is more like baseball. You know, I mean, most of the time you don't get on base. Most of the time you don't get a hit. Yeah. And I mean, and if you can't deal with that, you know, then, uh, well, okay. That's, yeah. Don't, then yeah. don't play baseball, but this is life. <laughs> and we do want you to continue playing life and work on, you know, being able to deal with that. Absolutely. So, sorry. And, and we're our own worst enemy most of the time too. You know, I mean, it's like, it, it, it's, it's the analogy, I was talking with my wife about it, it's, it's like the analogy of you get a speeding ticket, right? 
it would be like you telling yourself, well, you know what, just for that, I'm never going to drive again. Well, the law isn't saying that, you know, you don't have to hand your car to the police officer that gave you the ticket. You imposing that on yourself isn't going to change anything, you know, so it's, it, it's, but that's hard because I, I, I don't know about, I, I can't speak for the whole world, but the concept of all or nothing, that's where I live. It's really hard to find that balance of, of, you know, I'm either doing great or I'm doing terrible. There's very little, little ground. I think that's why we push so hard to do great because the other extreme is right around the corner. So finding that middle ground is a tricky thing to do. It's a tricky thing to do, especially that's in more, the pandemic. That's <laughs> a, that, that's more of a you and me thing. Brian's yeah. actually really balanced. <laughs> He's just I'm, a man. I'm, I'm looking at his body language. He, he understands. I, I do understand. It's, He's a master of the universe. No, no. Here's the thing: being being self employed and being um, being a commission only salesperson um, is that I'm every time I close a deal, I'm I'm unemployed the next day. And what's what's working one day um, may get a bad result, and I think you know what this whole thing is a waste of time. I need to scrap the whole thing and start over again. Um, and it's, it is hard, you know, and trying to find that, that balance of just keep following a plan or just keep going forward is not an easy thing to do. It doesn't, I mean, I'm, I'm picking up what you're laying down, Chris. Cool. Cool. I heard, and, and, uh, I read something about Andy Warhol one time and he said something along the lines of if he opens a, uh, I'm putting in my own words, but it's like, if he, if he opened up like a box of cookies, if he didn't eat all the cookies, he just wouldn't eat the box of cookies. He just wouldn't eat any of them because it would bother him psychologically to know that they were still there. And on some level, I know it's kind of crazy, but on some level, I think that we, we do that. You know, it's like, if I can't, if I can't complete whatever it is that I've got on my plate or whatever it is that I want to do perfectly and put a little bow, bow at the end of it, I failed. And, and life's just not like that. Mm -hmm. I, and it's just really hard to come to that conclusion <laughs> in real time, you know, kind of bird's eye view, like we're doing right now, it all makes sense. But when you're in the throes of it, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder. It's a little bit harder. And I also find that I'm more patient with everybody else on this planet than I am with myself. So, so, you know, I think we all kind of have that to some degree, you know, yeah. so so yeah, no, I, I hear you. Okay, so everybody, give yourself a little self care, a little love. Absolutely. Because you got some, you got because you got people who love you, and you don't want to let them down by See, and being, if, and if, by if being you, an idiot to yourself. If you have an intimate podcast, you can tell basically everybody who's listening to that podcast that that's how you feel about them, and you can mean it. So there's an well, upside. An upside to we, not. We can't because we almost surely know everyone listening. That's okay. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I'm. I fully think that you know. But it's a message for the masses as well. That's true. Yeah. Yours right. is. Yours is. Mine's not. You know. Mine's. <laughs> mine's. Mine's just a little bit is a is, uh, is a creative outlet that hopefully somebody else will enjoy. 
creative outlet. We don't have time to get into it, but I've been trying to paint. I've painted twice since the deep freeze and it's going terrible. It's just terrible. I, it's just, and it's because I'm not painting what I want to paint. I'm painting stuff that other people are like asking for. Just like my wife's stupid blue horse, you know, it's just horrible. That blue horse is terrible. It's just, it's just going to kill me. You know, it makes me want to take up writing again. Did she seriously ask you for a blue horse? Yes. And I actually painted one that I kind of actually kind of like. I took a picture of it, but then I painted over it like an idiot. I kind of liked that big blue horse. It was like a Clydesdale blue horse. Right. Now I have like this, like, you know, and he rode upon a blue horse and but death did, fo- and hell followed with him. <laughs> was it, is it, to, is it, is the blueness to color coordinate with something else in the house or did she? Just- no, no. Um, uh, she has an old friend who's in Denver in, in Littleton uh, who has a really expensive print from a, turn of the 18th i'm sorry 19th into the 20th century german uh artist named franz franz mark he was uh, a german painter who was killed at the battle of verdun um and whose work was uh condemned by the nazis as being decadent all the guy he like it was like cubist i mean Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's like foxes and and, and horses and stuff, mm-hmm. but the horses were blue. And Julene, Mrs. Winger, thought that the uh, uh, horses, a, bl- a blue horse would be really cool. And you know what? It, if I was any sort of man at all, you know what I'd do? I would just order it from art.com and just just bring it bring it in frame for her. Just, just do the print. I, I, I just looked at it and it's very cool. I, I can see why she would want that. Okay, well, you know, maybe you want to paint it for her then, Chris. Because it's not that easy, okay? <laughs> you can do it. No, you I can't. Yes, no, can. I as listeners of the podcast know, I've been, like, stressing over this stupid thing for a year. Isn't that right, Brian? That is right. Then paint what you want. Just paint what I want. Yeah. You know, you know, you know what the world needs is more... Uh, more dogs playing poker yeah it does yeah it does the, the when when you talk about the the blue horse you know the, the, i think about the blue horse that's at the denver international airport that gets a lot of attention have you seen this thing is it a statue it's a statue and as you as you drive into the airport it's this great big statue that has flaming red eyes and um is up on its hind legs and the the, the story about it is that the when the artist was creating it, it, it fell on him and it killed him. Hmm. That's a bummer story, man. Yeah, thanks, it is. Thanks, Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> the blue horse of the apocalypse. You yeah. know what I want you to do, Jeff? Is I'm gonna I want to commission you to 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 paint blue horses playing poker. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. Little visors. With, with, um, okay, and I, the way I'm picturing it on the wall behind the poker table is uh, a picture of uh, a hula girl uh, without a without a top on. 
do what you got to do. You, you do you. Yes. Do what you got to do. And you, and you could call it five card stud. <laughs> That's right. Five oh, card stud. comma stud. Right. Yeah, we've, dis- <laughs> we've discussed uh, where to place the commas earlier in the show. That's we right. sure did. That's right. All right. <clears throat> this has been um, yeah, somewhere in the vicinity of episode 48. No, 49. 49? Yeah, that sounds about right. As far as we know, this is episode 49 of uh, the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger, for Brian Grimm and Chris Levine. We want to we want to thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, please remember our sponsors, MrsWinger.com, All in a Dream Comics and Books in Denver, and the 7208 podcast found on Spotify for now. We'll see how big it gets. Um, also, if you like the podcast, tell a friend, spread, spread the word. That's the best thing you can do. Failing that, a simple five-star review would be nice. We were found on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Boom, Pow, Ice, Crank. Um, See, I was thinking uh, peanut, cashew nut. Hazelnut. <laughs> Hazelnut. <laughs> Macadamia nut. That's the one that always puts them over the edge. Nicely done. I, I used to drive my mama crazy naming every kind of nut there ever was. <laughs> Strong finish. Thank you, men. Uh, have a great day. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk to you two later. Everybody out there, thanks. Let's go to work.